Welcome to the Powered with Love podcast, the podcast that brings to you what's working on the coalface from people within our community who are defying the odds. The podcast that gives you the ability to power your life with love. I'm the host, Stephen Cromedy, and let's get stuck into today's edition. So I just wanted to welcome to Power With Love, Paul Sidorowski from Sidcore Accountants. Now you have over 25 years experience in the world of accounting. You've been in your own business at Sidcore for 18 years, extremely accomplished, internationally renowned as an expert in your field, as a business coach and spoken on stage with the likes of and continue to speak on stage with Anthony Robbins and uh, Kerwin Ray. Welcome to the program. Really looking forward to getting some advice for our business owners who would be tuning in and seeing what it is they need to be mindful of and what they need to have their vision on. Welcome, Paul. Thanks, Steve. Um, Yeah, excited to be here and uh, sharing some uh, information that's going to really help and help people and business owners during this um, Crazy times. Yeah, and it certainly is crazy times. And I guess that's one of the ethos with your business is helping people grow into their into their potential. So it's serendipitous that we're here today sharing this yeah. information yeah. and seeing just exactly what reach we get and who we can help. Paul, as a business owner, mm. I guess, you know, we're at the end of the financial year. There's been a lot happen. We've had JobKeeper. We've had all these incentives as business owners and all this underpinning by the government. It's, it's, it's been fantastic in these uncertain times. But in coming to the end of the financial year, with the actual you know, um, tax planning and whatnot, and looking at what's available, how's this look for a business owner? What do I need to be mindful of? So I think the biggest thing and the fir- first thing is don't get too complacent with the fact that you've got JobKeeper and it's going to help you um, it's helping you now, so you feel great, you've got money coming in, and you actually forget there's a finish line because it will finish mm. pretty soon. Um, and, and what I would do as a number one thing, when the people talk about tax planning, don't make tax your number one priority, you know, where I'm going to go and buy a car or an asset to get the write-off. You've got to focus on what's my break-even point going to be for my business when JobKeeper stops? Or what is the break-even point while JobKeeper is here for the next one, two, three months and what does it look like after? Um, that, for me, is is the biggest piece that they've got to look at from a financial perspective. Mm-hmm. They should put into their business. What is my cash burn rate? What is my break-even point? Um, where is the waste in my business that I accepted for so long that now I get to look at and go, I don't need this? So, so my number one word or context is complacency. Do not be mm-hmm. complacent while you're getting JobKeeper or the cash boost with the government in, you know, with, through the BAS. Or your payments on hold oh. or... All that stuff, you've got to literally look at your break-even and cash burn rate after or before and after JobKeeper. And so that key thing, you know, look up at that breakup of that dollar, you know, profit, wages um, and costs Mm. and identify what costs we can diminish. Now, if I'm in that mindset, Mm. is that a dangerous mindset to be in? How quickly do I want to be in that mindset and where do I need to shift to very quickly? Yeah, so once you work out what your break-even point is, so when I mean by break-even, how much revenue do I need to bring in to make no money? So you want to work out what that that is and just simplify it so that you know every day because this this COVID-19 is a moving beast on a daily basis. As you know, the statistics that come out are daily. Everything is daily. Mm. So you've got to know what that number is so simple so you can turn it on and go, great, I know how much revenue I've got to bring in just to break even. Then you've got to move on and go, great, once I know that, how do I now, what have I got to do 
post-COVID. Because there will be a post-COVID. I don't really, I don't care what anyone says. COVID will come and COVID will go. And what have I got to do in my business from an innovation perspective, from a what was working well before and what can I do different now? So not what was not great, but use different language. What was working well and how do I, it's like the tennis player who's really good on the forehand versus the backhand. Well, we're going to go and practice the forehand because it's easy to, to grow mm-hmm. that. So what was working well and then focus on that. And number two, what can we do different that's going to help us in the post-COVID era? How are consumers going to buy? How is our business placed? This for me is um, is the most critical part. Once you've done the break even, you've got to move fast and you've got to pivot fast. Um, people have had to pivot on a daily basis when the government yeah. cl- shuts you down. So they're going to they're going to need to move fast. And that's right, Paul. You know, you're talking about these daily announcements. You're talking about these daily figures being released. You know, right there in the heat of it, Paul. You know, there were these announcements that were changing the direction. You thought you were going this way. You thought you were zigging, then you were zagging. Mm. You thought you were going to go back to zigging, then you were looping. Yeah. You're all over the place. One thing that I want to double check on, though, as a business owner, what what is available to me right now as a business owner to help them get through these times? So financially from the government stimulus? Yeah, yeah. what's so, there? So look, the, the basic ones, you would have got the cash boost, which was the PAYG credit against your BASs. Um, that was from the last quarter and this quarter. So they're available. So you can still get them if you haven't got them yet. Number two, you've got the JobKeeper. That's still available up to the end of September if you haven't even qualified. So let me ask you this, Ready? So someone hasn't qualified and they're now feeling the pain. What can they do? Look, there's other things too. You can you can go to the banks and put your loans on, on hold, uh, your car payments on hold, you know, to help you if... People are not paying you and, and it's just a temporary measure, which is great because remember we said COVID will come and go. So if you can get through it and and know that and not just think, oh, this is great, this is how it's going to always be, it won't. You've got to then, that's where that break even point well, is so Well, there's going to be a day of reckoning because at the end of the day, they're throwing money at us, you know, uh, left, right and centre. So this is not sustainable. It can't continue. There has to be that drop-off point and, uh, and mm. we don't know exactly when that's going to be. But like you said, you've got a plan. And I guess if you've got all these incentives and you've got that available cash flow, it'd be a case of putting that cash flow away mm. and making sure that you're prepared for the future. With the end of the financial year, people are obviously assessing uh, what's going on. They're, 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 they're getting ready to put their financials in. What can I do to offset some of my taxes that I might have due and payable? What sort of concessions are available to me? Is it, is it different before COVID hit us? So these incentives where they allow you now to write off assets is probably the largest one. But not only writing off new assets, but opening balances as well. People miss this one. If you've got opening balances under 150, you can write them off. So can you explain that to the listener? So, what do you mean? So if you've got a written down value of assets under 150000 um, you can write off that full. That's a that's a tax deduction. So let's say it's you've got plant and equipment um, for seventy five thousand at thirty June nineteen, and it's now thirty June twenty twenty. And doing your financials, you can write off that seventy five thousand as a pure tax deduction. The whole lot for twenty twenty. So there's little things like this that you just got to be aware of. And you mentioned before, what else can I? What other things are available? There's some government grants from sorry. New South Wales grants for New South Wales, Queensland and Victoria and Victoria and so forth. There's different grants available for each state. So don't hold that. Like, remember those. Payroll tax, um, you don't have to pay payroll tax for the last quarter in New South Wales and each other state's got a similar, similar type of uh, 
of incentive. It's a lot to be on top of. And is this the time that should someone, if they're not feeling as though they've got the right level of advice, is this a time they should be shopping around? Is this a time they should be looking to see who can help them with this type of advice? Yeah, look, the biggest thing that I found during COVID, um, with our, with, even with our business, like, you know, we're an accounting business, we've got over 100 staff. You, other business owners and accountants, because I've, I've been a sole trader where I was one staff and had 5, 10, 15 it's really difficult from a capacity point of view to actually help think about it. They're doing work for everyone doing their accounting and tax and then all of a sudden you hit with COVID. Mm. They didn't have the ability to help their 500, 200, 1,000 clients. So find, just make sure you've got the right voices. Make sure you're very clear on who's your proximity. So what I mean by that, are you going to a barbecue, not that we're going to too many barbecues, and are you listening to the barbecue talk or are you choosing wisely who are your voices that are going to be the people you want to share share thoughts and ideas like this podcast like whoever's listening to this is obviously someone who's going wow i want to hear from somebody else who's who's in a great business who's doing things and innovating so i can pick up one little idea that's all it takes to go and do something forward Mm. and and steve i'll tell you if there's if you said to me paul what's one thing you're telling your clients during this time i've got to put it down to emotions think about it right now or let's go back in March. Let's say it was the twelfth of March, or when they first announced that we're all yep. going to have, we're all dead because of COVID. People's emotion was fear. Mm. Then fear turned into frustrations, into disillusionment, and then there was hope when we actually went, "Oh my God, we've beat this!" And now Victoria, mate, think about it. They're back into total fear mm. again. People's emotion, whatever it is, positive or negative, everything that we do from a customer service level is magnified times 100. So let's say I go through drive through at KFC or McDonald's and, and the, the employee grunts at me. I'm going to remember that times 1,000. He's going to be more receptive right it, now to any Any emotion because we're negative. emotional. Yes. And same, same with if it's positive, I'm going to remember that. And I'm talking about, you know, if, if it's a 2% increase in customer service, mm. it'll be I like... I tell you what. I hope the listeners really picked up on that because to me that was one of those gold moments or was one of mm. those gems because a true standout business like your people are looking at innovation and people sometimes get carried away with you know innovation or as you know some companies like to call it around the world like reimagine now let's reimagine the way things are done what if the biggest shift in your business right now was looking at your customer experience and rather than looking at the fees that you charge rather than looking at your services look at the customer experience because services and experiences are completely different Mm. you're an accountant right Mm. so you talk to me about what services you provide Mm. yes but experience is completely different. I think there's a big confusion and a misconception that those two are aligned. They're completely oh, different. And agree. And wait, wait for this one, Steve. So, so what about if you actually focused on customer experience and customer oh. um, just just engaging with your customer? You've got them for life. You do. This is a this is the piece that, and it costs really nothing other than a leader in your business showing up and leading the team. Leading their employees and their setting team, setting the time, setting the example, and going. This is what we're going to focus mm. on. So I'll give you an example. When we when COVID happened, you got to remember for two weeks, all we did was just on the phone with every client. Didn't charge them a thing. It was all about just supporting them during it. And that, and I can tell you now, the feedback that we got was you were there firstly to take the call, 
and you just did it unconditionally because that's what we do. Like that was that we're all in this together. I, I love that. Um, and you've got to just put that. Just remember, a two or five percent increase in customer experience is like a hundred times in in the real feeling to the customer. And I've got to tell you, as someone that knows you, that's uh, been inside your business, mm. knows some of your key people, you've always been that way inclined, Paul. You know, you can't be sharing the stage with Anthony Robbins. You can't be doing mm. what you're doing mm. if you're not about providing massive value to mm. people. Yeah. But I've got to tell you that that's going to be testimony to your company. And out of everything that you've done in the last decade, I'm going to suggest that that's the thing that's going to have the greatest impact on mm. yourself and your clients and your team members. And Massive, you just said something, team members. So one more, so we just talked about the external focus. Mm. Internal focus. But, but without the internal, and, and I use the word certainty, if an employee is not feeling certain in their role, in their company, in their life, so you've got to shift from just how they feel in the business, but how do they feel at home? Are they, are they okay? Are they paying the rent, paying the mortgage? What support are you giving them? If you genuinely care for your employees, genuine, like they'll know if it's genuine mm. or not, they'll die for you. Because think of the GFC, what happened? You had some leaders that were, were, were autocratic approach, do it my way, it's, it's my way or the highway, scaring them or doing it through fear. And then all that happened, as soon as the GFC went, because remember when the GFC was here, it was never going away. Mm. Just like COVID, oh, we're in it, it's never going away. It's going away. The staff or the employees leave and they'll stay there until a certain time and they leave. So be mindful of that. If you're true believers, you want to keep them, mm. look after them, just keep communicating with them and communicate about what's going on. Communicate regularly. Mm. Like learn. Like for us, what we did and I'm sure what you did and, and during the peak of mm. that level of hey, it arrived, we were on the phone daily with each other. We were yeah. checking in. I was had a number of key people. You know, I had Scott Wilson mm. um, from Wilson AI, um, had yourself had Rod, mm. had my cousin who, who was a doctor, or who is a doctor, I mm. should say, an anaesthetist. We were checking in daily. Mm. And what I was then doing is I was having two daily meetings, one in the morning, yeah. one in the evening. Because what I found is even though at that point they were suggesting send everyone home, we struggled getting up people to go home. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. And if you went out there and you interviewed them now, this is what they'd say. They'd say on Facebook it was negative. On the radio it was <laughs> negative. yeah. yeah. On the TV, it was negative. Mm. With you guys, you were giving us information twice a day. Yeah. Every time you gave us information, you gave us a solution on how we're going to get through it, what we were going to do. We actually felt safe. And I, and I love that, Steve. It, it, it was facts. So with the news, let me give you another little tip. What I told all my clients is just watch the news, but, but read the facts. Don't listen to the descriptive words, mm. like when the unemployment yeah, rate came the out, emotion. Yeah, intelligence get, over emotion. Get get rid of that emotional word. They said out the horrific unemployment rate yeah. of whatever it was, 9 point or 7%. Well, why don't we just get rid of horrific and just get unemployment rate was 7.2%. Right. Now, it was 5%. So just listen to the facts. And I think news reporters and 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 the Today Show and the Channel mm. 7, you know, whatever the show, they, they, they've all shifted because... People's emotion, people are not going to forget this. The more fear you put into people now, oh, they won't forget. Mm. And and they will leave later on. So it's just just look at the facts um, and apply them to your business and life. And you, what you did, Steve, you, you, you rattled off four or five names and we were talking daily. I remember mm. this. But you got voices in your life that were empowering you as a leader. That's right. So, so the business owners out there, go and get the right voices in your life. 
and and congrats that you're listening to a podcast because that's one of the voices. Mm, it's imperative. You're going to hear something that you don't know before. And I think that, you know, that level of thinking, you know, I was speaking with one of the Disney leaders that, mm. that we're speaking to mm. regularly now as well. And, and you know, he was, this particular guy up until two years ago was running 4,000 team members and uh, 200 leaders. And, you know, he was saying one of the things you've got to remember is exactly what you've just said. So your foresight on how to decipher the information and he, you know, is incredible, Paul. So credit to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he said, you know, just remember this, Steve, it's it's I over E. And, and it's very, very simple. And that's information over emotion in everything. When you're communicating with your people, you know, you've got to give off that positive projection as we're going to be okay don't be optim- mm, overly optimistic mm, mm. show who you really are but always come from a position of the intellectual approach looking at the data and then providing the solutions well, on that note because this one certainly has a lot of questions around it but from my perspective i want to know what sort of information what you'd be saying to people where their companies are underpinned by JobKeeper. for me i worry for them for me I ask myself, what should they be doing? Where should their head thought, you know, their their thoughts be? Because there's two ways of looking at it. These people have been given the opportunity to hang in there, but there's some businesses that have been underpinned that possibly aren't planning for the future. So if you're one of the companies out there on JobKeeper, tell me where their headspace should be. Tell me where they should be putting their energy and what they should be doing. Yeah, so number one, just make sure that um, have you innovated and pivoted enough for what looks like uh, after JobKeeper stops. And look, a lot of businesses are actually making more profit with JobKeeper. Because of it. Because they've even innovated, they've pivoted. um, Their staff being the biggest expense of any business wages – has been underpinned by the JobKeeper. So they've got to stop and look and go, what does it look like after? Now put money aside. If there's cash flow and profit, put it aside. So is that a problem? Like if I'm making more money with JobKeeper, is that a problem? And if so, why? It is a problem because, well, this is the thing. If your revenue has fallen um, to a point where the JobKeeper is supplementing you, fantastic. But what we're finding, the JobKeeper is actually supplementing a lot more than what revenue has actually fallen. So even if you go back to 100% of your revenue and you've got all the wages, you, you won't, you, you'll be back to that business You're again. Bugging. And you have to be mindful because out of fear, it could change in a day. One case in your area, people will not come out. Weather or park. The shopping centre, when the, the shop that it was, the Thai restaurant that got you know the COVID cases... Mm. They shut the whole of Wetherill Park, Stockland Shopping Centre. Mm. So that's that cripples a business for three, four, five, ten mm. days. That's all its profit for two to three to four mm. months. So you've got to be mindful of the money that you're putting aside. Make sure that it's going to help you and do the break even. How long is it going to last? And what do you need to do now to pivot? If it's not going to work, go and speak to your landlord. Because guess what? They've got to build back their asset value as well as you've got to build back your business. So go and do it together. So their asset value is not worth as much as it was before. I like that. Same with your business. You've got to do it together. Because it is a together. Because as you've just said, you know, their asset value is based on the rate of return. The rate of return is connected because you're in it paying rent. So they're probably just as nervous as what you are because not every landlord, not every investor is sitting there in the third stage of the life cycle of his investor, meaning they've realised their profit, they're debt-free. Mm. You know, this is the final stages of their investment life. So 
So they could be at stage one or stage two. Number one, starting off, yeah. or number two, still in the building phase. So they're wanting to hear from you. Pick up the phone. Don't be nervous. Oh. Get in early and negotiate. The second thing I really like that you said, look at the top line, look at your bottom line. Pull yeah. out JobKeeper. Fictitiously pull out JobKeeper, look at how you look, and then start working on that bottom line. What have you got to change? Yeah. That's right. Look at where that top line's going to be. Now, whilst you've got JobKeeper, depending on what industry you're in, because I think it's industry specific, wouldn't it make sense to get that money that you're making and spend that on making money? Work on that bottom line now, Mm. underpin it yourself, so you can go, okay, when JobKeeper comes off, we've pushed it to here, it's going to come back to here. We can bring the bottom line to here. We're actually more profitable post-COVID than what we were before COVID. Love it. Absolutely. If you're not pivoting and thinking ahead now, then you're just wishful thinking and it will not, it didn't help you before, but you know, you, you got through and I say it, great businesses will thrive. Truly. There's, there's some, there's, there's businesses before that, that were great are just going to be greater. And the ones that weren't viable before, they won't survive. There are, there are some industries though, wouldn't there be? So if I'm an airline industry, oh, you're course. not talking to me. I'm. I, I, there's not much I can do, really. There's not is much there? you can do. Correct. You know, if I'm in travel, mm. you know, international travel, and my business has been built on that. So there are industries that unfortunately have been wiped out. But mm. you know, you're talking about there's you know many businesses you know under your banner under your portfolio mm. that they've pivoted. Give me an example of a business, a, a, a model that it was impacted but they've done something and yeah. they've come through. So, so the easiest one is gyms or um, Pilates or a restaurant. Like they've pivoted, they've gone online. So they've literally gone online and their business is actually thriving because people are now wanting to order in more. People are eating a lot more takeout. Um, start being smart about when the government starts printing money and throwing it out of the helicopter, which is what that $750 payment is, twice that they've done, which is $8 billion in the economy, it's going to go somewhere. Work out how you can get it. Exactly. Get it into your business. How do I market and advertise just before that? Or how do I engage with people? But I'm telling you, come back to that service again. If you can give an experience that creates people that remembers, wow, Mm. then do it. And go back to simple. You don't have to, if you're a restaurant you and you might have had 20 things on the menu, go and bring it down to four, five, six. Become the, 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 the known for either your coffee or your sandwich or, or something. Make it your, your X factor. So start innovating from a, what does that X factor look like for, for me post-COVID? And through COVID, right, you keep talking, you know, hearing these people talk through COVID and and we're going through it, you know, a a lot of local people or just people in general are providing advice on how to get through it. We're not through it. There is going to be another side. There is going to be an end to it. You know, what's your, what's your, what are you telling your clients when you're, when you're hearing these words, hey, you know, this is what we're doing to get through it. What's your way of thinking when someone's talking like that? Yeah. So whenever they tell me they're doing this to get through it, that's going to be what they're doing today. Mm. But it shifts so quickly. So, you know, they can be locked down or put new um, restrictions on next week. So an example was we were looking to open back our office. So we've got about 30 to 40 people in the office. We're looking to open it at the end of this week. Well, that's not going to happen now. So with the outbreaks in Sydney and so forth, we've gone, okay, Keep it as it's going. But if you want to work in the office, the office is open and so forth and so forth. So you've got to move with it. So you can only plan with what you know, what's in front of you right now. 
But you also have to plan and that pivot after, like you said, after JobKeeper, after these things change, what do I need to do? Do not rely on the government. You've got to rely on yourself because they're not going to go, oh, you're just going to become a statistic mm. otherwise. Oh, you're one of those businesses that failed because you didn't innovate or didn't pivot or didn't didn't put some money away or aside. So then start looking at what you've got. You go, what can I do? Selling assets, getting liquid in certain things. You've got to go and do that. Now, while the market's hot at the moment mm. in the property market because there's a lack of supply, mm. you might capitalise and they say, wow, I want to be ready so I've got cash in the bank if things don't happen the way they're meant to happen. Because if you start expecting things to happen in a certain way, oh, you're going to be rudely shocked. And it's funny, you know, I was speaking with someone just the other day, like an internal team member, and they were talking to me about spending all their cash reserves and not leaving anything in the bank. And, you know, I'm saying to them, that's crazy. Don't do this. Like mm. what you're planning, you're planning for a perfect scenario. Whenever you're planning for a perfect storm, a perfect scenario, the opposite happens. Mm. You've got to have cash reserves. You know, it's like what Anthony, I guess, taught yeah, us. You know, yeah. you've got to expect the best plan for the worst. Yeah. And uh, that's what you've got to do. And when I look at this through COVID scenario, I guess we've got to make sure that we understand that everything at the moment is 24 hours. Mm. We don't know what the other side quite looks like yet, which probably brings me to my next question. If you're a business and you're absolutely hammering at the moment, you know, what are the things that you should be mindful of? Because as you keep saying, some companies have innovated, some mm. companies have pivoted, they're absolutely flourishing. I want to put some, um, some context to that though. Where should they be spending their money at the moment? I see people going out there, but they're buying new cars. You know, they're buying, they're spending money on, on materialistic things. If my business is hammering, is it a false, no matter what industry I'm in, is that a false economy at the moment? So what should I be doing? Yeah, so if you were a great business before, I truly believe you'll be a greater business. And you go, how? One, you'll cut out waste. We've all cut out waste. We've all cut it out, truly. Everyone was seen, they've cut out waste from a personal level in their life, everyday living, and their business life. So they're, they're, they're thriving because they just haven't got as much expense. Mm. They've got, so, so remember during close down, it's just like anything, people want it after it opens mm. again. So you've got to literally make sure that customer service and the clients coming in, customers coming in, are treated like royalty. Because remember, that's going to just pay dividends down the track. This is how you plan for post-COVID. Mm. Treat them really well and put money aside. I'm telling you now, smart businesses were smart because they had reserves. And I'll bet you there were smart business that I dealt with and that didn't have enough reserves. But, oh, mate, they are so cashed up now, even through liquidating assets, um, getting more money in and putting it aside they are in a better place now times 10 than they were before because they don't know what's ahead. And then when things do turn, they will put their, they'll put their money into the experience of their customer service, into some marketing, strategic, um, very laser-focused marketing for the type of client they want to bring back in. And get clear on your positioning. Spend money on getting clear, here's the business that I want to be and get the right voices in your life. So spend my money on getting that clarity, strategy, vision, direction, know where I'm headed. Well, Steve, how many business concise. owners we both deal with, how many people would be very clear on their vision, their values, knowing where they want to go, knowing what they need to do? What percentage? 10%? Ab even less. Even less. I did one today with a, with a Melbourne business, you know, via Zoom with their whole business, and this is a business that's been going for 20 years, and they don't even have that. Wow. So imagine if they've got that. Mm. 
What's it going to do? This is where you can put your money, your reserves into the future. It's like, we, we call it like um, black time. It's like we have red, blue and black. This is the future strategic, strategic mm. planning time for the business. Whereas blue is all activities that make us money today. And not many people spend time on the future planning side. I find that interesting that you're believing that's a good place to spend your money, you know, because you can spend your money on CRMs. You mm. can spend your money on AI. You can spend your money on, you know, office buildings. And what you're suggesting is, hey, if you've got some spare money aside, keep spare money aside, but get a percentage of that and spend that on strategy. Spend that on vision. Yeah. Spend that on future. Because I guess that's going to bring something to the mix. You know what that is? It's something you said earlier. It's going to bring that level of intelligence from other people oh, that you don't have. That peripheral vision. The people that have been there done that been within other companies mm. i've heard that you and i know firsthand mm. that you provide these services mm -hmm, mm. you work with businesses you work with some key businesses mm, and mm. some big businesses as well mm. how someone get access to you and can you provide this level of expertise so so me personally i do high level strategy and coaching only for 10 to 15 clients like i haven't got enough time and capacity and that's what i've chosen to do and really just just give them so much value to help them in their business strategically. Even during COVID, my, my team was supporting them from a tax and incentives, but I was supporting them strategically on what to do in their business. But in our business, you know, I have 100, 100 employees, so they are wired. They are, they've done all of Tony Robbins' events, Kerwin Ray's events. We train them. We constantly train them so that they're wired to help our clients strategically and what they need for their advice. So, yeah, look, reach out to us. We can help you anytime. And, and if you're a business that wants to grow into your potential, if you're a business that wants better, if you're a business and a human that wants to be be better in their life, then that's our ideal client. I don't care what industry you're in, but, you've, you know, we don't just take on anyone. They've got to be people that want more and want better. And, you know, I love working with you because you – you are constantly, you've got this constant never-ending improvement methodology in your brain that, that, that you just keep putting into real estate and your business. And that's why I love working with you because you want, you know, the first thing of being coached, you actually want, you've got to want to change. Mm. So business owners that want to change, don't just go and change accountants or advisors for the sake of it. There's got to be a context or a purpose to go, I want better. I want to, I want to change how my next one, two, seven, ten years looks like rather than just living, living life uh, on how society expects you to do it. And you mentioned one thing, Steve, you know, do I go and put in the buildings or whatever? If you don't put money into your business, which is the whole cash flow that provides every bit of cash flow to support your home, to support your business, to support your lifestyle... Well, there is no, there's nothing without the business. So mm. that's where you need to be spending and, in, and investing your money, but also providing backup reserves for the what if, because we're not through it yet. What sort of reserves are you talking about? You know, you read these articles, you talk to various experts. Some people say, you know, most businesses are three months away from bankruptcy, mm. you know, um, or running out of cash. What sort of level of reserves do you believe should have? I remember Kerry Packer once said to Mark Boris, he said, uh, you know, they used to have a business meeting uh, every week because Kerry Packer um, helped float uh, Wizard Home Loans for him. And, uh, you know, Mark Boris said in an interview that they used to turn up, he'd be talking to uh, Kerry and, and uh, you know, 
felt very inferior to Kerry as a dominating, imposing, uh, in, in, you know, figure. And uh, and Kerry would say, "Son, don't go through your business plan. Just show me your bank account." And Kerry had a theory: if he couldn't operate for a year without drawing mm. an income your business wasn't viable. Mm. Now, that's not possible for everyone in this instance. What sort of level of mm. reserves, in your professional opinion, do you believe mm. someone should be aiming to have? So, so right now, Steve, so it's not a loaded question. Right now, just start building up to one month, three months, six months. Ideally, you want to have six months. Okay. With the reserves. So ideally. But just be, build up to it. Just have a month as a reserves, two reserves, because that will make you feel certain mm. and then that will help you communicate with your teams in a different way. If you're feeling certain, they're going to feel more certain. That's what I'd be doing. Start building up towards it. How much of the growth? See, what I love about speaking with you today, you know, I'm pretty sure that everyone thought, you know, we're going to get this lots of technical advice. We're going to get stuck into detail. We're going to get stuck into legislation. We're going to get stuck into trying to um, work on a thesis connected to uh, ATO rules and regulations. But you're providing so much strategy. You're providing a level of psychology. Why is it you spend so much time in psychology, yet you're an accountant? Why, why do you spend your energy and time there? Why is that important to a business? Yeah, Steve, for me, the certainty is created within. So if we're not certain as the human or the leader, no one else can provide that certainty. The government's not going to give us the certainty through JobKeeper. It's like we've got to create our own certainty. So that's why the proximity of the people, the voices, if you're with um, people that are negative and, and want to slit their throat because they think the world's ending, then you're going to be influenced in that bad way. So be very wise who you're listening to and, and who you're getting your information from. And you create your own certainty. You know what you've got or what you don't have. I don't care what it, how good or bad it is, just state the facts and go, great, what do I need to do to go from X to Y to Z? Mm. There's always a plan. There's always a strategy. It's not the lack of strategy. It's like people say, oh, what's the strategy, Paul? How many weight loss programs are there, Steve? Oh, goodness knows. Millions. Thousands. Millions. Millions. How many, weight, how many obese people are there? Millions. Trillions, so it's yeah. not a lack of strategy. So there's a story. Oh, I'm big boned. It's hereditary. People have a story and their story is affected by their state, being their physical, like their body going, what, what are they? Are they slouched in their chair? Are what they- do you mean by story, state? Like, I know this, but for the listener, story equals your state. Tell so, us. So for me, there's, there's a thing, a framework that Tony Robbins taught me was state, story, strategy. Your state, meaning your physical body, your focus and, and where, you're, where you focus on. Like, if you focus on negative things, then you'll spiral into this negative state. Your physiology, if you're, you're feeling down, go for a run like, or, or have music, get them in a different state. So that impacts your state. So if I've had a, if I've had a fight with my wife before I go to work and, and I'm driving to work, I'm telling you every car that's driving is the worst <laughs> car driver in the world. You, you know, get a red light. I see a Corolla and I say, who the hell would drive that Corolla? It's like Eddie. You'll, you'll you get, walk into the office. So I've got a, I've got a state and a shitty story. Yep. And even if you gave me the strategy, having a shitty state and a shitty story won't even let me get to the strategy. Mm. So you've got to make sure you're in a good state. You've got an empowered story that we're going to get through this. And... The strategy will come. Mm. And, you know, when you talk it through like that, you can see that being in your mindset, it is mechanical because based on how you whacked out, that mechanically determines what you work on and what you're working on is going to determine what happens next. Robbins, Tony Robbins has got a saying and it's on my wall, you know, a true leader is someone that can bring certainty in a time of uncertainty. Mm. 
And you can do that by just how you, how you hold yourself, how you talk, how you project. Be factual, be vulnerable. Be vulnerable, be truthful and say, yeah, it is a hard time. Am I scared? Yeah, I am scared. We all are scared. There's, there's fear in everything. If, you're, if you think that people don't you know, have a bullshit barometer and say, oh, that's, that's, that's not true, they do. Energy never lies. So if you're in a place where you're saying one thing but you're meaning something else, it'll get you through a certain period of time. So just be genuine with your team, with your customers, and they're all in it together. And, and actually be compassionate. Actually genuinely be compassionate. Mm-hmm. Don't force it. Just genuinely care for others, and it'll come back tenfold. Phenomenal content, Paul. I really hope that people go back, listen to this again, because there's so many things. I'm sitting here. I can't wait to get out there and actually get back into the engine room and start working on strategy and innovation myself. But before we do that, Mm. COVID and change. You know, we keep talking about change. We keep talking about 24-hour notices. Who do we need to be when post-COVID does come? Who do we need to be when we're through the other side? Can we truly remain the same or do we need to do things completely differently? What is change going to look like on your, from yeah. your perspective? So, so the truthful answer is that I don't know and you don't know. No, no one can know because as humans, we want it to go back to normal as soon as possible because mm. that's the certainty in us because mm. we want the need for certainty. Mm. But truthfully, is we, we don't know what it's going to look like. Um, I, I do notice, let's, let's look at some of the examples. Restaurants have opened up again. What have you seen when you've gone back to restaurants? Packed. Pe- mate, packed. People want to go out and do yeah. and have communication. Because of the six human needs and one of them is connection. It is. People you know, want connection, connection and they want certainty. So what will happen? I believe there's going to be a shift where all the good things that people like, they'll, they'll continue those. There'll be things that have come out of this because I always say there's a gift in COVID. There's a gift. You won't see it now, but you'll see it later and go, wow, this is why this happened. Mm. It's brought probably forward five years ahead of people working from home. So there might be a balance where people are working three to four days at the office and one day at home and and vice versa. So just be open. If you said to me, Paul, what's it going to look like? Just be open to the fact that change is coming and we don't know what it's like, but you will have to pivot and shift. And you've already pivoted and shifted during COVID. So you can do this much easier on the, on the mm. back end of COVID. But just be open to the fact that I'm going to need to change. There's going to be things that I didn't do before that I can do now that I don't like doing, but it's what society and what the economy is going to want. Isn't it funny? I've just written something down when I was listening to you. And what I wrote down is probably who you do need to listen to because what I see happening, think about, you know, you've talked about fear, you're talking about emotions, mm. talking about panic. If you're an advisor in this industry, so you're a unique advisor, you know, you mm. have a phenomenal business and there's lots of other things that you're involved in that people aren't aware of. So uh, so you don't need to come from a position of fear to agitate your clients to get more money in. As you said, all your clients were getting massive amounts of service and still are and didn't get charged for it. And you're mm. still in that mindset today. Mm. Uh, obviously, they've got their annual fees, but nothing's changed. Mm. What I wanted to uh, mention, though, is you've got industry-specific people mm. promoting change, promoting innovation, asking for fees to hear their information. See, I think they're the people that are using our emotions to make money because you know who I believe is going to drive the innovation in everything that we do? The clients. Mm. That's who you need to be asking. That's who you need to listen to. How do they want to do business? What's their expectations? What is not their level of services? What's their level of customer experience, expectations connected to what services will drive that. And I think that's mm. where you need to look towards. What's your opinion? Oh, I agree. 
just remember there there are a lot of advisors and so forth that that's their business you know mm. to sell information that may be right or wrong. So let's just be clear. You're going to get information that's going to be the wrong information, but you're going to need to be able to filter what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Like there's going to be information in this podcast, Steve, that people are going to go, great, I've got two gold nuggets, or I've got nothing out of it because they're in a different state. Mm. They've got a different story. So so let's, let me, you said, go back and, and watch, uh, re- listen to this again. Well, go back and listen to it in a different state. Change your physiology, change your focus and your language. Like give it, language is the meaning that you give. Any, If you can give this meaning that you're going to get something, you're going to go, I'm going to listen to this podcast and I'm going to get one gold nugget out of it. It changes your state. And then have a story, have an empowering story. I'm going to get some things and then have a group discussion with two or three other business owners and share the information because that's how you actually learn. Mm. And then the strategy will come. You can get some strategies and put it in there. So I'm with you, mate, 100%. The customers are going to drive this, but you are going to get your certainty because you already know what works well and what doesn't work well. And people already know what's working well, but they, they, they're fearful in actually making that shift. They're going to have to. So my last question, and we've, we've already touched on this quite a few times throughout it, but, you know, growth, mm-hmm. cash, spending, getting my focus right, getting the right people around me. You know, I'm talking to some businesses that are prospering and, uh, and what these people have done, they've created a board, you know, mm. and they've brought in a board where now what they're doing is they've brought in people that they believe have affiliated um, – you know, expertise or skill sets that they that can benefit their businesses. And what they're doing is they're giving them the ability to work on the strategies that are connected to growth. With growth, with cash, with spending, your A-grade companies, or I want to become an A-grade company, is that where I need to be moving towards right now? Is that where I need to be? Do I need to have my head firmly in growth? Do I need to have my head, as you've said, firmly in reinvesting and accumulation? And my level of spending, I obviously halt all spending unless it's going to return direct revenue for me. Mm. On the subject of growth, how do I plan for growth? And is that where I should be right now? So Steve, I love it. Let's cut it up. So how do you eat an elephant? You can't eat it with one mouthful. Mm. Let's cut it up. So the first piece is get strong. Cut the fat in your business, get some cash reserves and get strong so you know what your break-even point is and how I'm going to look for the next one, two, three, six months. So so we know that. That's so step one. So let's call that step one. Step one. Step two. Then you go, you talk about this advisory board and, and advisors. I'm going, to give you the, I'm going to give you a gold nugget. The gold nugget is whatever advisor you're going to get or voice you're going to get. Remember we talked about barbecue mm. talk? Make sure you're getting someone with experiential advice. So what I mean by experiential, they're in a business, they're running a successful business, they've pivoted or they've got access to so much information to help you and support you. It's experiential. Don't get someone who's going to give you a theory. Oh, theoretically, you could do this and they've never done it. What about if someone's retired? What about if they've run a very successful business and they're not in a business right now? Should I be having that person on my advisory board? He, they could, well, depends on context. So if your context with them was to go help me with people performance or help me with culture, they right. might be brilliant with that. Okay. But, but they may not be the people with technology because they're, it's past their use because, by yeah, that. You've got to kind of be in the moment. Yeah. What I'm hearing and what I'm sensing and feeling, if someone's not in this with me in their own business, 
how are they going to know what's working, what isn't working? They won't know how to. They won't know how quick it needs to pivot. Um, they won't know whether it's it's culture I've got to work on or my employees. But it finds successful businesses that that are doing a good culture. That that are like I remember Atlassian was where we got all our values from. This was like ten years ago, and and we were so inspired by the culture. You know, they were the best place to work, and and for us, it inspired so much for us to get our values. This was, like I said, eight, ten years ago that, that it just underpins everything that we do in the business mm. because it shows that you know, we love our staff and we care for our staff. So, so you might find a voice or an advisor that's going to help you with that. But I love your question. Do I get the retired person? Maybe, maybe not. Mm. It depends on where you are. Well, like you said, you know, this person might be talking about staff retention, staff yep. satisfaction, culture. Yep. So step number one, sort out my reserves, sort out my cash. Numbers. Get, really? Get, that get your numbers sorted. Top get your line, number. bottom line, know where I'm at. Number two, get the right people around me. And mm. typically these are the people that are in it with me. They're in a business. They're successful. It's experiential. Yes. Experiential. And then what about spending? That was number three. So, where am I spending my money so, right so now? So once you've got what you've got your reserves, you've got the strategy you've developed yes. with these voices. The, the investment of monies will be the, it's really the outcome. It's like mm. that'll be the easy part because you've got your reserves, you've got your vision, you're pivoting and moving with what look, it looks like after you've given the strategy and you go, and you don't need to be the first one. You don't need to be the first one out to the market. Coke was first, Pepsi was second. Great. Pepsi is a very successful company. You don't need to go and trial it and test it. If you want to be that innovator and want to be the market leader, you can go for it if you've got the right advice. What's your, you know, and, and look, I was, you've already answered the question, but I want to drill down on that just a little bit more mm. because you've got the bell curve, right? Yeah, with, yeah. Um, with uh, Simon Sinney, you've got the, uh, mm. the innovator, you've got the early adopter, mm. you've got um, the, the late majority, the laggard. Yeah. Where do you want to be during these times? Do you really want to be the person up the front innovating? Because isn't that, couldn't that bring a high level of weight? Wastage, a high level of expenditure with low payoff. It could, but it could also pay massive dividends with little investment. So, okay. So, in order to identify if that's where I should be, I should look at the amount of money that I'm, I'm able to lose. Absolutely. So, always know that it's a sunk cost if it if it doesn't work. So, I'll give an example. Um, my wife was at a Pilates studio, and they had to close their doors. Wow. So they've got I don't know ten like in, 50, indefinitely. They had to close it's their doors when, when like gyms. So what did oh, they? Oh okay. Yeah. Just when when the when, time, when, yep. when um, stage yeah, yeah, three yeah. restrictions. Yes. So what happened? They've got twelve or fifteen machines. The innovation piece was they actually hired out the machines to the households to their members per month, and that didn't come from the owner. That came from a voice that they got to say, well, what can we do? How do we pivot? Where's our cash flow? Number one, numbers. Number two, what's the strategy? They enacted it. Didn't cost them anything. So see that? That's a prime example of having the right advisory board because people do three things, right? Either fight, mm -hmm. flight, and there's a new one now that a lot of people are doing, and that's freeze. Yeah. But every single one of those three things have one thing in common that you've mentioned a lot is being driven by an emotion. Yeah. And so it doesn't really matter which one you fall into. What matters is you've got that right sounding board. Yeah. That's that third party perspective that's not experiencing what you are mm. in your business mm. with that hand on the driving wheel 
because they're not being uh, driven emotionally by what's happening in your business. So yeah. they're able to hear it impartially but advise on it based on the fact that they're making successful decisions themselves. And, and Steve, if, if business owners don't have the, the capability or resources to get voices, I would say, you'd say, Paul, what would you give them? Get Get emotional intelligence. Get your emotional intelligence up. So go and read a Tony Robbins book. Go and get you. Once you are certain and you're in a good emotional state, mm. the rest will follow. You'll make the right choices. Get you've got to get right. That's that state story strategy. You've got to get in the right state and have the right story to do that. Get emotional intelligence by reading, listening so to podcasts. Would that be another area I'd be spending money on. Like there's bucket loads on the internet. Bucket loads Abs- available. Absolutely. But would I would I be spending money on getting this right? Absolutely. I mean, I've spent over a million dollars in the self-development and people would laugh at me and going... Would you, would you suggest that you absolutely. could provide a ledger that says it would be over a million dollars? Absolutely. For the last... I've been in his, in his platinum group for the last 12 years. Wow. And every year it's a membership fee and travelling with him and, and learning from him and it changed the whole game for me. That's incredible. So, so now, like you said, but you don't have to spend that right now. Get it on the internet. Go and do online courses. Set Get the on there. Do it. This is this is more powerful than any any strategy or, or amount of effort or work you can do. Because if you're right, you'll find the strategy and find the people to help you. Paul, thank you for coming on Power with Love. Thank you for sharing your insights. Is there anything that you'd like to share in your closing thoughts? If there's one golden nugget there, just just think of the emotional state people are in. And how a one or two or three percent shift in customer experience can give you a, a hundred or two hundred or three hundred percent payback from how customers feel about you. Would right now be a good opportune moment for someone to sit down and look at the cycle of the life of a business and identify where they're at and what is that, just quickly? Absolutely. Like you've got the infant, the teenager, you know, you've got the aging business. you've got to work out where you fit in post-COVID. And if you cannot pivot, then it may be the best to shut the doors. So we've got to sit, so every business owner should be sitting down and looking at the life cycle of a business, identifying where they are. Mm. That'll give them an idea as to what strategies, what decisions they need to make, work out where they're at with the cash, get the right advisory board, Mm. and that will determine whether or not they're in growth phase or let shut down phase. Yeah, and don't think shutdown equals failure. It could be the best decision ever. Because you might pivot and go into something completely different. Absolutely. Uh, Paul, Sid Core's in quite a few states. Where is Sid Core? In what mm. states? And mm. how do we get hold of uh, the representatives yeah. that, that work under your banner? Look, um, go on our website, sidcore.com.au. Uh, we're in our head office is in Newcastle, but we've got seventy percent of our clients outside of Newcastle. So you know, Victoria, Sydney, um, Queensland. We've got offices in Cairns, Gold Coast, Port Douglas, um, and we're yeah, we're across the country. Like our biggest clients are in Perth. So, and I think that's important because you know why? Whatever advice you're giving, you're giving not only the, on the basis mm. that you're operating about. How many businesses do you operate yourself? Yeah, so I've got about four different businesses. Four very, very successful mm. businesses, mm. but you're also representing businesses in every state that are experiencing all different oh. levels of COVID, whether it be outbreaks or restrictions or different levels of legislation. And it's true, like we're helping clients right now in Victoria. Yeah, crikey. Who, who, are, who are going through this. Next and, level. And look, some positive, the feedback from the clients that we're talking with they're used to it now. So they got, they went through the hard part, which was the first lockdown. Second, they've done it. So it's actually been not as bad mm. from an emotional state. 
Well, that's good to hear. Paul, once again, thank you for coming on. Thank you. And, thanks for being uh, here. Thanks for the information. No worries. Thank you. If you like what you've heard today, remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. If you discovered us on YouTube, remember hit that bell so you can be notified when these new episodes become available. Leave a comment and we look forward to bringing you the latest material that's going to power your life with love.